got catcalled yesterday. How'd you feel about it? Um, to be honest with you, like feels good, right? A little bit. Like I was walking my dog down the street, and this lady, uh, <laughs> she rode by, and she was like, "You wearing them dreadlocks, boy? You better walk down that street." <laughs> and I was like, taken aback because you know. A lot of times I feel like my aesthetic isn't appreciated out here in these streets. You know what I'm saying? And um, she made me feel good. But I do understand, like, the idea of catcalling and what that and how that makes women feel. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? It makes you feel objectified or, like, you know, just just like an image of somebody else's fantasy. And that's kind of fucked up, especially when it leads to, like, stalking or anything like that. What it would make women feel uncomfortable or unsafe. But it did make me feel a little bit appreciated. I'm not saying that women should take that on. I'm saying that that's how it made me feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's levels to it, and women know the appropriate levels to right. take it. <laughs> I've had some inappropriate cat calls where I'm like, really? I'm still cool with it. <laughs> what um, Just saying, like, just what they wouldn't want to hear. Right, right. That I'm like, eh, it wasn't that bad. Oh, because you but, got a tougher skin. Because you don't yeah. have to deal with it every day. And I don't have to deal with guys, you know, uh, running behind, like coming to my house and like fucking with me. I don't have that that fear. Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. like a comment and then you drive by. It also, like for me, I feel like my little cat call wasn't like something that necessarily objectified me. It was mm-hmm. more like. A compliment that was yelled at me, you know what I'm yeah. saying, out of a car window. But uh, and it was it was about my hair. It wasn't like them balls is swinging, boy. Yeah, I see you, you swing them balls. You know, it wasn't like that. It was just your hair is nice. Or yeah, whatever. and she was you know complimenting on. So you know, it may not be equal in that regard, but I I I kind of felt like, oh, this is what women feel like. You know what I'm right. saying? You know, it was an unwanted like, you know. Advancement. Yeah. Women, (laughs) I feel like once we exit out of this movement of Mm. reconciliation, we're going to see that women are just as bad. Mm. Um, (laughs) On that note... Let's begin the show. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to, to the podcast. To the podcast, Exit Strategy, where we are trying to help you exit outside of your feelings. And speaking of in your feelings, look, they have been killing that. Yeah. And I'm sick of it. I really am. I got a cousin named Kiki, uh-huh. and I know a few other Kikis, and I feel like they hate it. Yeah. And the thing about it is, Kiki isn't the only name he says, but that's the only name that's being like over and over and over. Kiki. Yeah. And it's driving me crazy. It's, yeah, it's a. Low key is the only thing that's saving Drake Alpha. Yeah. Well, he has eight number one hits. Yeah, but that's, that's like, I feel like that's a projection, to be honest with you. And yeah. I think that that was already like in the works, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because it's a Drake situation. Mm-hmm. I don't really think that that is the actual voice of the people. I think it's more so like these corporations want Drake to be successful yeah. because they probably have invested in that particular album and, and that artist. So they know that if we give them these accolades, then people will say, oh, well, he got this, so it must be something. Right. At so, least that's how I feel about that's it. That's true. And they could control numbers. I feel like once they're at that point, you're controlling numbers and 
you know, eight number yeah. one Billboard hits. It's just like, uh, like all right, how do we know? It. How can we fact check that? Right. We can't, you know. Right, we just have to take your word. But it wasn't a great album. It wasn't. But it was, it was a lot of stuff. It's like I felt like this summer we either got too little or we got too much. Right. And it's like we're not satisfied. Right. Did you see the uh, Chance the Rapper tweet? Um, he said, "Chance the rapper tweeting again." Remember last time he tweeted, "Yeah, it was a disaster." <laughs> I don't like how he didn't own up to that, and I think that what he was doing. We're gonna go to your tweet, your your, okay. your, your well, tweet. But let me let me just say this: I think that when he was defending his friend, mm-hmm. he was basically saying, "Listen, what Kanye West is saying is that we all don't have to be Democrat." I think right. that when I read the tweet, that's what I got from it. Then everybody was like. <laughs> Calling that man opportunity the rapper, I was like, yo, that's kind of crazy. He's just out here defending his friend, like, right? And that's what I think real friendship is, you know, loyalty in the midst of condemnation. You right. know what I mean? But then he backtracked when Trump was like, I like Chance the Rapper. Yeah, what yeah. he's doing <laughs> in Chicago is great, and he was like, never mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and I felt like Trump was smart on pinpointing that. Trump's um, not smart. He's just. He's we got to give credit to Trump. He knows what he's man. doing. I don't think he does. I just think that he's so self in, in absorbed mm-hmm. that he makes everything about him. I don't think there's a calculated effort to, like, oh, let me go look and read these things and see what's going on so I can input myself with, like, any kind of political gain or any kind of gain in any way. I think he's just self centered and self absorbed, so much so that he will make and turn anything into. Either you hate me or you love me. And it's like, it's not about you, bro. Nobody think about you. Yeah. I I think he's a master of creating chaos. And oh, absolutely. That's how he moves. Absolutely. He's a master and of creating chaos. I think that's where we don't give him credit, where we should acknowledge that credit. I think acknowledging is he important. is He is a very, he is an outstanding villain, mm-hmm. if you think about it. Trump is an outstanding yeah. villain because... He does everything that villains do. Like, he tells you what he's going to do. You know how all the villains tell you their goddamn plan right before they're foiled? He does exactly that. Mm -hmm. He tries to, like, push his agenda of everybody hates me and this is why and this is why I am who I am. Just like every other villain in the world, you know? And I think he's great at it. That's the only thing I'll give him credit for. Yeah. I mean, shit, he... My guy was Jeb Bush. I was a Jeb Bush guy. From objectively looking at the Republicans, I thought he should have been the candidate. And I when think he, he's soft, though. Like, I think and like Trump his, knew that. He I was like, and when he his aired mom him knew out. That. His mom was like, I don't want you to run. He was like, I'm running anyway. She was like, right. well, I guess I got to support you. <laughs> when he aired him out, he was like, you're too low energy to be president. Yeah, and that was the truth. <laughs> he, he signed, sealed, delivered. That was right. the old Jeb. Jeb knew. But Jeb, I feel like Jeb's chance was right before his older brother ran. Like, if, if Jeb would have ran for president before HF, or what a, HF, that's his name? No, you're thinking of Chaz Davis. Shout no. out to Chaz <laughs> HF Davis the <III>. third. <laughs> it's like George Herbert Walker Bush. So uh-huh. HW, whatever, yeah. whatever it is. Herbert Walker. Yeah, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, I'm talking about him. If he would have ran instead of dipshit Bush, then I think that it would have been a lot better. I think that he would have been the Republican Party's savior, that he could have changed the way we look at it because, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, being from Florida, I don't know if I was a really big fan of Jeb when he was the governor because I, I was kind of young when that was going on. I, I wasn't think really he, in tune with politics then. He enacted the uh, stand your ground I love bill. Bush. Uh, but he was 
and, and this is why I'm biased to him. I met him in 12th grade, and he was cool. Did he get your scholarship or something? No, we just met him, and uh, oh, I, this is why I liked him. Afterwards, I was I, I sent him an email. I was like, hey, it was cool meeting you. He's like, hey, you're the guy with the braids, right? And I was like, yeah. And that just felt like a moment where I was like, oh, this is a real person. All and it not, takes is, all it takes all is it takes how to connect. All it takes is somebody to acknowledge your braids. Yeah. Your, your, your Asian he was like, braids. hey, man, you had cool braids. Jeb, uh, George Bush was redeemed because Michelle Obama, you know, they yeah, had that yeah, moment and acknowledged and everyone was like, oh, George Bush is so cute. No, like, no but, he, but white, women, white men love black women. That's true. And how could you not love Michelle Obama? Right. Like, she can sit next to anybody and make them lovable. True. So. And that's the effect of, you know, being able to connect. The Chance tweet, but he, this is what he yes, said. Let's he get said, back to um, sorry. He said, because uh, Fortnite did the Shiggy dance or whatever um, in their game, mm-hmm. and that's been their cool little thing to keep perpetuate, you know, Fortnite, make it relevant. So mm-hmm. Chance said, these rappers and these dancers should be compensated Absolutely. for uh, doing that. And I, I agree with him. It's just you lose. Some cre- he lost credibility because of that Trump situation, yeah. and now it's just like, all right, now what you say is like, eh, I don't, I don't take think it seriously. So. I think it's still credible. I think that He's, Shiggy should be uh, right. He should get money for that. He should get a lot of money because everybody's doing something that he did. He right. created that. But if you're gonna give Shiggy that, you got to get that that girl. Um, I forget her name. Kiki. No, on fleek. The on fleek girl. The light skinned girl with no, the. No, 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 no. The dark skinned girl who eyebrows was on fleek. The uh, fuck? We. So are we going back and. I'm just and saying. Compensating like, people from. I'm just saying. On fleek was everywhere. It was right. everywhere. That shit is mm-hmm. now in Urban Dictionary. It's now in the, the regular ass dictionary. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that girl should be compensated. That's true. We, we have to learn how to com- figure out. How to monetize our coolness. Mm-hmm. 50 Cent did it. We talked about that last week. Get the strap. He monetized it. Her name was uh, Peaches Monroe. I want to give her a shout Peaches out. Peaches Monroe? Peaches Monroe. Uh, shout out to you, girl. Because you created something that was a phenomenon for at least a yeah. year and a half. And everything was on fleek because of you. I heard And you fleek. deserve whatever you need. You She got a GoFundMe account that was trying to launch her like cosmetic like line or whatever and uh-huh. I hope that that happened in this because she deserves she was a yes a, a connoisseur of cool you know yeah. what I'm saying she did that she, everything was on fleek even mm-hmm. when white people didn't know how to use it they were saying oh my breakfast is on fleek and it's like what get the fuck out of here yeah. you know but it was everywhere you know it we got to do better than GoFundMe accounts. Yes, we absolutely do. <laughs> Makes me dying. We absolutely Make it do. GoFundMe life insurance accounts and, hey, compensate me. We got to know how to monetize our cool. Yeah. But I that's think, because, but we have to be in control of our cool. We, we are to, in control of our cool. We have to be we, in control of the business aspect of our cool. We're not in control of our cool. You know why? Because we give it away for free. Yeah. Like, we will create something and put it on Instagram, which is a vehicle for the coolness. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's a vehicle to get it out there, but then it becomes public domain. As soon as you go viral, you should go to the patent office. Absolutely. Trademark. And but trademark you, your yeah. thing so you get compensated for whatever is used. You can't sing happy birthday 
in restaurants because that song is trademarked. I think you can do it now. No, you, it's trademarked. Disney owns Happy Birthday. No, I think you can do it now. I think they uh, made it uh, public domain. Oh, okay. Well, because that's ridiculous. At, at a certain point, yeah, that was the I reason. I think it why. just happened like a couple of years ago. Like, okay. Where you, you know, that's you why they sing Happy Happy Birthday from all of us. To you. Yeah, they had to come up with the second. <laughs> you used to work at Applebee's. Bro? No, it's just that song is personally better than the original. But I mean, I'd rather it. My birthday be saying uh, with the happy happy birthday from all of us to you. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's a better song. Give me old Stevie any day of the week. <laughs> happy birthday, yeah, Stevie! To give you. You. I'm telling you, boy, you can let your slide to Stevie. That's true. Did you see Adam Pacman Jones in the airport? No, what happened? Whooping Did- ass. <laughs> so he's trying to. He's walking through the terminal. You know, mm-hmm. the, we saw a, a video. So he's walking through the terminal. And you see this one guy who has on, like, this fluorescent-ass vest. You have to assume that he works for the airport. Mm-hmm. And he's just, like, talking shit. So Pac-Man kind of like, you know, all right, not going on, yeah. you know, whatever, right? He holding his shit in his hand. Buddy just was like, you know what? Fuck this nigga. Da, da, da. Like, jump. Like, he wanted to jump bad. I knew it was serious when Pac-Man dropped that Popeyes. Yeah, you don't. You don't as soon as you put the Popeyes down, it's you, like, you got to throw hands. You got to throw hands. <laughs> what was pissing me off the most is that, and I totally understand this. I don't know if this woman was his sister or somebody who he was just with or anything like that, but uh-huh. she was in the way. I watched the video a couple of times, and I kept on getting mad at this girl, like, yo, get out of the way, because mm-hmm. you holding his hand, you're going to get him knocked out. Yeah. You're trying to like keep him from doing something, and I understand that, but yeah. he's being attacked right now. Yeah. So you need to get your ass out of the way, because you're either going to get hit or you're going to get Pac-Man knocked out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he got rushed, and... Kind of stumbled a little bit, you know what I mean? And then he let loose on Buddy. He missed a couple of, uh, of you know, punches or whatever, but uh-huh. the one that landed was the one that sealed the deal, you know <laughs> hear me? And uh, it wasn't pretty for that boy. Uh, his name was uh, Frank Reagan or something like that. He's an ABM employee at the uh, airport in Atlanta. They took Buddy to jail. Good. And... Um, they couldn't even take him to jail, actually. They took him to the hospital first because <laughs> they, had to, they had to assess them knots on his head. Good. You know? But, yeah. Two L's. You deserve. Two L's, yeah. yeah. Well, three L's. You got your ass beat. You got to go to the hospital, and then you got to go to jail. And it's on fucking TMZ. It ain't like something that happened quietly. Like, everybody knows you. And you're going to lose your job. And you're going to lose your job. So you're going to get out of jail with no job. Right. A mugshot that's in the hospital. You, your mugshot ain't even in the, the precinct. Your mugshot was from the hospital, bro, <laughs> because you got your ass whooped and had to be taken to address your see, shit. See, I understand where he's coming from because there's people who I have beef with. I.e. Ronda Rousey, or not Beast, but just I know I can get the best of. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try her in the airport. I'm gonna bring her to my setting, which is a boxing ring, and I'm gonna get the best of her. Your setting is not the boxing (laughs) ring. And you know, so you have to bring them to your domain. But we also have to stop trying these celebrities or athletes like they won't beat that ass at any given moment. Why? Yeah. We do. Why do These we do that? These people are human. These people. Like, people do that at basketball games where they're, like, talking shit to, like, James Harden. And he'll, like, smack the camera out your hand. And, like, and then that person's like, hey, you're not allowed to do this. Like, no. Bitch, how am I not allowed? And you're allowed. You're a crazy person right. for even, like, saying these things. Have you seen what's been going on with Kevin Durant? No, what's going on with Kevin? <laughs> Besides not brushing that fucking hair. Uh, so he's... Just chilling in the off season, responding to tweets. Oh, I to <laughs> tweets and, and Instagram posts. That's just like, yeah, Kevin Hart, or Kevin Durant's not the 
the best guard and here's why. And he's like, why don't you think I'm the best guard? I'm the number, like, I'm like, bro, you're so insecure right now about, you feel guilt, he feels guilty about winning these championships. I don't think you should, though. You win. Fuck it. He feels guilty, I, and I think it's it's showing that, you know, he's going to have, those aren't going to count. They're going to count in the history books, that they're not going to count with real niggas. And he wants so that what? real nigga endorsement. Name the real niggas who signing checks. Um, Fuck them, Kevin. Right. I mean, you could keep winning those. I don't. I personally don't like Kevin Durant. I don't have no problem with him. He just need to get a decent I, wave cap. I understand. And like a smooth Boris bristle mm-hmm. brush. And then I think he can, you know, start thriving. But I, I don't yeah, have no problem with I, him. I want him to thrive. I honestly want him to thrive. I want him to do well. I want him to succeed. If anybody got to connect over at Murray's, can y'all like send Kevin a, <laughs> a, a care package? He needs to take care, better care of himself. Especially it's that scalp. Scalp and just care about yourself, man. He he cares about his perception, and I think this is what's shown about him. But he's going to have to leave Golden State, and he's going to have to win a championship. You think the he has to way. like build a, a legacy at another team, and then we'll be like, oh, you are good as you say you yeah, are. Yeah, we, we did that with That's LeBron. That's fucked up, but uh, mm, I understand that. But you, mm. I, I get both sides. Yeah, it's kind of— we deserved— and and this is what I was this talking about. This man been playing his whole life. He's playing right. basketball his whole life, and he knows he knows how talented he is. And uh-huh. he understood it. And when he was at um, Oklahoma, he was like, "I can't. Like I've done what I can do." I, yeah, I you think Russell saying? was a is hard to work with. Yeah, and I think he acknowledged that, and I think he left. But this is what we talked about yesterday. Is like we have to start. What what we're doing to Kevin Durant is the same thing that we're doing for making fun of a black kid for. Uh, being smart. It's like we're making fun of him for making different choices to make his life easier in okay. the long run. And we criticize him, and I'm guilty of that too, but we should let people run and make the decision. You can't be – just because you leave a team doesn't make you not a real nigga. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, we, yeah. we think you got to, like, think die that, valiantly by your sword. It's like, but no, I think, though, I think that, that. I think the issue is – Kevin Hart left immediately after Golden State mm-hmm. beat them and went to that team. Durant, we, we Kevin Hart's in our minds right oh, now. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, my bad. Kevin, Kevin Durant. Uh huh. He left after they immediately. Beat him. It's like mm-hmm. they beat him, and then he was like, "Fuck it, I'm going to them." Mm-hmm. It's like you can't beat him, join him, and it's like that's the part that's kind of like fucked up. Yeah. If you'd have went to like the Celtics, that would have been different. If you'd have went somewhere else, but why not go to the best available option? You know, I get it. We should be able to make that decision and not feel compromised because I don't think he compromised his values. I think he went to the best solution. So why are you hating on him, Key? I, I just don't like him. What he did to you? I don't know. But it's the source of it is because I'm a real nigga at you think heart. So? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like his lack of, you know, morals. But based off of what? Just being a real nigga. But based on his lack of morals based off of going to this team. Leaving, you just said, leaving you just Russell. Said, you just said, I, know, I, I can't blame him for it, but then you I blame can, him for it. I'm objective to myself. I can look outside of myself and see where I'm wrong. That's why and I'm still, wrong. And still operate in your and wrongness. And still operate in my wrongness. Well, that sounds like, that, I don't know, man. So, speaking of basketball players, uh-huh. Charles Oakley was arrested on Sunday for trying to cheat the house in Vegas. Like, if you know, if you ever been to any casino, I used to work at a casino. Mm-hmm. If you if you ever been to any casino, you know that there are cameras 
everywhere. Yeah. There's so much money moving around in the building. They need to be accountable for the thing. You know that the house always wins. The house mm-hmm. is always looking. Why would you try to cheat? Why do you need to cheat, Charles Ugly? You got for, money. Do you, does mean, he got he, money? I'm assuming he does. Charles Oakley out here trying to be the next OJ. Out here showing out in Vegas. Look, they got Charles on camera and suspected him adding to or reducing his wager on a cam- on a gambling game after the outcome was already known. <laughs> so like, he probably t- took his coin <laughs> back. Took a little bit of coins back. <laughs> like, I get, ain't mean to put that on. He ain't going to get all my dollars. <laughs> That's funny. He didn't want to take the L. That's yeah. hilarious. But that reminds me of Casino, in the movie where they explain how many eyes are watching right. you. You cannot cheat in Vegas. We could cheat. You could shoplift in the store and right. the camera will see. Like, uh, I saw this. Uh, There's a camera of a lady in a news, uh, in a in a nail shop. Mm. And she steals a wedding ring from the lady next to her. Wow. And you could see her, like, curl her hands and try to hide it and then, like, pull her money out at the same time and pay the, the nail lady while putting the, the ring away. The ring away. Yeah. And it reminded me of how many times I've shoplifted and how cool and casual I think I look versus how stupid I probably look. Yep. And it's like, this nigga is still in. Right. What are you still in? You're still in the Snickers bar, bro? You don't even need to see. We see you. We see you. We That's see it. you. Man. What else has been going on? Bill Cosby, they won't let him live. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I, I, I think uh, this was why we should stop watching the news. The media will always make something worse than what it was. So Bill Cosby on his 81st ber- first birthday was mm-hmm. out here thriving. He's going to jail more than likely, and he's like, it's my birthday, so let me just do what I do. Mm-hmm. Somebody called the police on 81-year-old Bill Cosby talking about... Who called the cops? That's what we need to figure out. It's probably some white people. White people have <laughs> been calling the cops lately, and it's been ridiculous. So some white lady probably called the police on Bill Cosby saying... His jazz music is too loud. He ain't playing like N.W.A. He playing some old Kenny G shit, and you mm-hmm. around here mad. That probably make the neighborhood so nice with jazz music just playing all loud, and you want to call the police because it's Bill Cosby? That's fucked up. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of wrong shit in his life, but playing loud jazz music is not one of them. Stop wasting police's time. God damn it. Yeah, we want Bill Cosby gone, and there's nothing we could do about it until he's going to get gone. It's, it's along the lines of OJ. We're going to we're gonna catch him on some, you did this, you, you were speeding, and now you're going to jail for life. And you see like, what I'm saying? This is what people think justice is in this, in this world, in this country. They think justice is we're going to get you on anything because we're still mad that you got off or we're still mad that you don't feel, we don't feel like you got what you deserve. Mm-hmm. So what if black America felt about that with this Emmett Till situation? Oh, by the way, they reopened the Emmett Till investigation because mm-hmm. they found some new information. So what if we was on some, oh, well, these people died, but we want to da-da-da-da every little thing. Did mm-hmm. you, do you know what happened in that case, really, really? Yeah, the white girl lied to save her image, and then it turned into uh, a, a beating for the uh, for Emmett Till, and it just went south. The Dave Chappelle that, talked about it on his uh, on his special. The thing that kills me though is like how they um, the what's his name Roy Bryant and J W Milan Milam. Mm-hmm. The thing the thing that kills me is how they describe what they did to him. Yeah. They say they said in an interview, like in a magazine, a month later after they confessed to the murder. They were like, well, what else could we do? He was hopeless. I'm no bully. I never hurt a nigger in my life. I love niggers in their place. Mm-hmm. I know how to work them. 
but I just decided it was time to give a few people that a few people got put on notice. Mm-hmm. As long as I live, I, and I can do anything about it, niggas are gonna stay in their place. Uh-huh. Niggas ain't gonna vote where I live. If they did, they control the government. See what I'm saying, Keith? Mm-hmm. It's a legitimate claim, and you falling into it. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway I'm like, still they, not voting. <laughs> look, I'm never gonna vote. That's ridiculous. But anyway, they they sh- tied him up, beat his ass, shot him in the head, and then tied a 75-pound cotton gin fan to his neck and threw him in the Tallahatchie River. All yeah. because somebody lied. And then when you look at old Carolyn, pasty face ass, it's like, who you think looking at? Girl, ain't nobody looking at you mm-hmm. with your regular face ass. Ain't nobody looking at you. And you got the nerve to lie on this little boy. This a kid. And look what they did to him. How could you live with yourself all these years knowing you lied? Right. That's fucked up. I don't know what the uh, the outcome is going to be reopening this case or anything like that. I don't know what the plan is. I, I, what, do you, what do you think that can come out of this, though? History is rectified, and that's important. Uh, um, okay, I understand that. But I, like you said, we already knew. Like yeah, We already knew like this knew. lady lied. We already knew that this murder was fucked up. And I think that what it might do is have us look at a lot of these unsolved cases yeah, that happened in the past. Tupac's uh, murder is going to be concluded soon, according to an article I saw there. Really? They're like, we're close to arresting somebody. Should not already right? in jail. Right, he in jail. But I think... Um, I think that's important, you know, to rectify history. I think the interesting thing about Trump is he equalized everybody. Mm-hmm. So he brought everyone down to, uh, I don't want to say down, but everyone to the level where African Americans were, where they're like, yo, we've been telling y'all this. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yo, niggas have been saying this shit for a long time. Now everyone's like, oh my gosh, it's so bad. It's like, yeah. bro, we live in this. Right, it's like right. in, in uh, Dark Knight where it's like, you uh, you only trained in this darkness. We've lived in this. We've, yeah. you know, we were born in this. So we see things differently. And now everyone's seeing this perspective for the first time or acknowledging it. And I think we're in the era of acknowledging things and then moving forward. I think that's an important part of healing. I think that's why last week I was saying, you know, we have to acknowledge where we are, what our hurt is, and Mm -hmm. then move from that as well and not be left behind. Because if you think that, I don't think we're going to ever get the justice that we feel like we need. Mm -hmm. It's going to come in small bits like Emmett Till. So right now they're justifying something that happened in the early 1900s. So they're not going to get to us in until 50 years from now so you know we got to heal ourselves so we're not left behind and still salty while everyone's moving forward you know because i i feel like the me too movement's gonna this is a moment of acknowledging what's going on when ignorance and bigotry is allied with power it is a dangerous force in our country your silence and your amnesia is complicity so this week's exit strategy, we were trying, we were had a, a hard time placing on any one person. Mm-hmm. Um, we have this idea that there is this complicated idea of complicity in the country right now, and we are trying to help people get out of that. Um, when people find themselves on the wrong side of right, um, and they feel bad about it, we want to offer them a suggestion to help reconcile those feelings. It's uh-huh. like so. This week's ex- exit strategy is how to get right when you're wrong. 
And I think that's important for everything, whether it's the Me Too movement, whether it's civil rights, whether it's just you being a piece of shit person. Yeah. No one no one wants to take L's. Right. A normal person doesn't want to take L's. I feel like I'm a little different because as a comedian, those are our funny moments, so we're forced to take L's mm-hmm. to be funny. But no, everyone has this bravado up that I am this, mm-hmm. and nothing could penetrate this barrier of who I am. But we don't acknowledge those things, and until we do, we won't get better as a people. And I think that's, I think Charlemagne's in a very interesting point. And you know yeah. who else? I, Kevin Hart probably to circle back on Kevin Hart, he's probably taking his L's the most, the best. Yeah. Out of everyone I've ever seen, he's he. But his L's aren't like devastating L's. You got caught cheating on your wife. Like, yeah, that doesn't she, affect anybody except for your wife. Right, but that could have affected his career. Mm, people cheat. Steve Harvey career ain't, ain't affected by that shit. Steve Harvey is is, and then he got another write a book about how to think like a man. <laughs> so it's like that ain't that wouldn't but have fucked up his career. But hypothetically, if she divorced him, she took half. Now he's half of a zillion dollars. Kevin Hart got money because he won't sit the fuck down. That still takes away from your standard of living. Kevin Hart may have a hundred million dollar standard of living, and if you cut that in half, he has a fifty million dollar standard Boo of living. Fucking hell. You're still dropped by half. Okay. So your your standard of living is affected. I think now, the situation with Charlemagne is a little different, though. I think that Charlemagne. Like recently, this information about uh, some shit that happened 17 years ago came Mm -hmm. back where Charlemagne, um, and he's talked about this in his book, and he's talked about this on his radio show. He was like, you know, all these years ago, there was a situation with this girl, and Mm -hmm. she said, I I raped her, wompy womp, whoopty woo. And I hate to say it like that, like it's like like rape is something that she can wompy womp away. But um, he was cleared of all charges. There was DNA evidence that cleared him of charges. He was put on probation for, like, sharing alcohol with an underage person. And, you know, he talks about that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that, like you said, him being able to say I was wrong and being able to say that I was living... We talked about this earlier. Like, you were living and raised in this era where this particular behavior was almost encouraged. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, I feel two ways about it. You know what I mean? Because, and this is not to equate... Charlemagne to like a Nazi Gestapo or anything like that but it's like it's the same argument that they would have they was like mm-hmm. you know I was just following orders or I was I grew up in this era where this particular thing was okay yeah you know and it's like that don't mean that you are exonerated from these things but it does help us start the conversation about growth and I think that's what you were trying to allude to when right. you're like how how you can be be wrong but try to get right right and I think that if you find yourself in a situation where you are conflicted in a situ- with uh, finding yourself on the wrong side of the brightness, mm-hmm. then you need to start with doing what Charlemagne says and acknowledging you're wrong. And, and yeah. Yeah, I feel like uh, you you do that very well, too. It's like, Me specifically? Hey, yeah. Um, I did this. My apologies moving forward. Yeah, I think that's important. Like, we can dwell on the fact that this has happened. Mm-hmm. Or we could talk about how it won't ever happen again right. because I've grown from the situation. It doesn't make what I did or what anybody does any less wrong or any less true. But what it does is it starts a conversation about 
how can we make sure that this doesn't happen to anybody else or by anybody else? Right. I think, I think what I like about Charlemagne, two things. One, we've watched him develop into this uh, wonderful host and interviewer. Here's the thing, though. Let me cut you off. I also don't want to give him a pass because Charlemagne is a dick. And Charlemagne yeah. is the type of person who would take this situation if it was happening to anybody else and try to drag it through the mud to get as much muck on it as possible and then throw it in your face and mm-hmm. ask you all the tough questions. So while I understand and I empathize with him from mm-hmm. on one hand, I still feel like, you know, when karma comes around, that bitch come around this with a is, sledgehammer. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So so Charlemagne, so one, he has sharpened and honed his skills mm-hmm. into becoming this very good dick. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> uh, on the other hand, what I like about him, and, and so during that trajectory, mm-hmm. we've loved and hated him. Absolutely. I didn't like him at first, but now I'm watching him, and I watch how he poses questions. Mm-hmm. I watch how he moves. He's good. He's at the point now where he's trying to reach the next level. And I hope that he gets there. But Now, yeah. because of his past, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people including felons Mm -hmm. that can't get job opportunities because of their past. So uh, we talked about this. There's a Philly lawmaker Mm -hmm. that is now saying, okay, once you've been good for 10 years uh, after your felony, you're now able to expunge this from uh, reporting it on a job. Right. So there has to be a point where what, what we've done in the past is not expunged, but... But your record should reflect that I have changed from that particular person who did this 10 years ago or so. Which is what I like, number two, about Charlemagne, is he's always aware enough to acknowledge where he is in this situation. And I I think he's acknowledged that what they're holding against against him now is saying uh, on his podcast he talked about um, using Spanish fly to have sex with a woman which is what Bill Cosby got caught with. Um, mm. He says, uh, I, I had sex with this girl. Uh, I bought some Spanish fly from an adult shop and uh, put it in our drinks. We had sex this night. The difference between that and Bill Cosby is Bill Cosby wasn't on no goddamn Spanish fly or Quaaludes or nothing like that. Like He was only giving it to these women. Right. And that's the part of the deception that... Um, is the fucked up part. Right. Now, if, if if Charlemagne and this girl was drinking it and they both got fucked up mm-hmm. and they equally were under the influence of Spanish Fly, then right. that's equivalent to me and some girl going to the club, getting drunk yeah. on our own volition, I guess. So how right. do you say that? And going home and having sex. Like, you right. can't really... We didn't rape each other. So he, he openly talks about this. And this was during a discussion of, you know, sexual assault, sexual misconduct. Mm-hmm. He acknowledged it. You know, I did this. Uh, he said his his boys tried to run a train on her. He was like, "Nope, you're not. You're not gonna have sex with her." Uh, that and then uh, the next day she got up and she was like, "What happened?" And he said, "We had sex." And she was like, uh, "Well, I'm just glad it's you." And uh, they joked about it. Him and Andrew Schultz, his his uh, comedian co-host. I don't really like Andrew Schultz. He's he's along those lines where he is. He, he's following the lines as a white guy, which is, is harder for him. He's but a white guy that's protected by his only black friend. No, no, no. He's 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 a, his mm, his last know. special that you know he who, dropped. You know who is the who is the woman for Andrew Schultz? Who? Crystal. 
I don't know that. You don't know who Crystal is? No. Do you? What do you do with no. life? I just pay attention to his comedy. No, Crystal is one of the hosts of The Read with Kid Fury. And okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, and she will give it to Andrew's ass. Well, yeah, everyone has their kryptonite. Yeah. Black women are most people's kryptonite. Because they don't take no shit. Yeah. Shout out to black women. We give shout out to black women every week. Every and I week. I never stop. Um, but Andrew Schultz is good because he is also owning his L's. Owning his, you know, the fact that he may not. He may be a racist. He may be this. He may be these things. And he's talking about it on stage, and I think that's important, um, especially as a comic, especially as a white male comic in this era, because right now. But that's basically saying, Keith, that, again, you are complicit with this particular behavior. Uh-huh. And just because you say it doesn't make it any less wrong. No, but you're acknowledging, you're being self-aware okay, to but then acknowledge. What's, but then what's the plan? Like, are you going to say, I realize that I am a asshole and I, are you making steps to not be an asshole yeah, or are you just going to wear a t-shirt that say I'm an asshole and I understand that because that's what is what's happening it's like with these racist people it's like uh, we want to get them to understand that your activity mm-hmm. is racist right like the things that you are doing like calling the police and weaponizing like your fragility uh-huh. is that is a form of racism and, and uh, white supremacy. Right. And so if we can get them to understand it and acknowledge it, it will mean shit if they don't have any steps well, to rectify those those same actions uh-huh. or try to be better and try to, to to step outside of that behavior. Right. Uh, I think white people are in a pe- pe- peculiar situation because they'll they could admit like yeah we. Been called, we've called the cops unnecessarily. Like, yes, gentrification is bad, but when we get to that root, that racism moves you. You benefited from right. racist activity. That's when they start squirming. Right. Um, there's a documentary on Netflix right now where this Indian girl talks to like uh, white supremacists, and she's doing just that. And she's like, okay, so. Uh, rhetoric, rhetoric aside, what do you? Who are you as a person? And she gets to this core. Something has happened to all of these men, and they don't. They squirm as soon as she gets to that question. Mm-hmm. There's a question that bothers us the most. Whether it's you, whether it's me, whoever it is, we all have a question that's like, what? What won't you tell the truth about? And uh, mm. we have to acknowledge. We have to know that question. We have to answer it. And a lot of people don't. We talked about America last week. We're built on the an incorrect foundation. So once right. you correct that foundation, you can move the correct way. Yeah, but you also have, like, like and I said. You don't have to tear down the whole city. You could correct the foundation. You have and to build. acknowledge it. And you have, you have to, to acknowledge it. You have to acknowledge your wrong and you have to mm-hmm. take initiative or make any right. kind of stride to move forward in a different direction. I think that with white people ex- explicitly mm-hmm. moving in that direction will take away some of their influence and some of their um, advances that, that they have. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that's, that's hard to give up. Like, you'll, you'll take some of their privilege away if everything is equal, and it's hard to give up. Yeah. It's like if there was something that because everybody has privilege. Shout out to uh, Charlemagne for mm-hmm. black privilege. Um, everybody has privilege. And if you were to um, try to equal 
the playing field by everybody giving away their, their privilege, people would be uncomfortable with that because it's like, this is what makes me me. This is what, what keeps me comfortable or whatever. Why yeah. should I give that up for, for the sake of somebody else's comfort? And I think that that's what white people are, are faced with when they talk about, oh, this is how we've always been or this is our culture of, mm-hmm. you know, the South or anything like that. And it's like, yeah, but you being comfortable in the way that you're being comfortable is shitting on other people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think that that, like I said, they're afraid to lose whatever culture they may be losing or privilege. Mm-hmm. But what they lose, they're going to gain in respect from other cultures, which will widen their perspective even more and widen their opportunities. So to the point where you don't get in trouble for cultural appropriation because you understand it, there's nothing more than I, that I want to work with with a, a white guy who gets it or a white girl who's like, I see what you're seeing. Yeah. That makes me want to be more open with working with them. Yeah. And I think I've ran into a lot of white people who are like, I see what you see. It's wrong. I'm going to, I can't fix it, mm-hmm. but I'm going to at least walk with you. So you think that that's what the strategy is? The strategy I, is to acknowledge your situation. Acknowledge, acknowledge how you've been complicit. And get better. Right. So you I, think. I think Charlemagne has done that. I think from him, I, I could admit, like, from this Me Too movement, I think every guy is guilty of sexual misconduct at the bare minimum. And I think that's what we need. I think to, that's a strong case to say every guy. I think every guy. We've all we've all we are all complicit in, in sexual misconduct or uh, and, and that doesn't mean you split Spanish fly to girl. That <laughs> means you may have put a little pressure when you shouldn't have. Oh, you, you like rubbed your dick yeah, on somebody when you, you should have waxed by. when you should have waned, you should have yeah. did this. Yeah. We're all guilty of that Okay. Um, at the lowest level. Now, there's guys who are in way worse situations, and I think Charlemagne has gotten himself in a few pickles uh, <laughs> to call this situation a pickle. You know, don't, don't take the, the context away from that. But um, we're all guilty of that. And if we move from that point, we could get better. But until we acknowledge, all right, we all have been a piece of shit in some way, shape, or form, then we can't get better. But a lot mm-hmm. of people don't want to take that L and say because they're know, still defending the bad right. behavior. Um, and and until you let because you know I, the, it's, this 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 transfers over to Republicans as well. It, because it transfers over to Republicans. Republicans uh, are in a situation where they are screaming like patriotism, patriotism, mm-hmm. patriotism. But in that same breath, they refuse to acknowledge any kind of Russian collusion. Right. And it's like. How can this be the same thing as this? Like, uh-huh. how could you say that you want to be, you want this country to be, you know, the best country in the world when we've seen that we have been infiltrated by these right. Russian attempts to, you know, affect our election? How does that not piss you off? But then you, you look at these football players kneeling in protest and you get up in arms about that. Yeah. And you, you know, I don't, I just don't understand that. They're, they're, they keep building on a, on a very wavy Jenga tower that I'm like, man, at any moment, and but they're still successfully doing it yeah. because they have us playing their game. So we're mad at what Melania wore, just like they're mad at Obama, you know, wearing a khaki suit. And it's like, no, we can't play their game. We have to make sure that they acknowledge. So we have to get off their game plan and start playing our game as liberals or Democrats or whatever we want to identify as, Mm -hmm. and make them acknowledge that. Uh, And it's difficult, too, because you you have intelligent guys like uh, Ben Shapiro. I was watching Ben Shapiro uh, debate Bill Maher, who 
what I liked about this is I feel like comedians are going to be the guys that are in gals that take people down. I appreciate you for including the women. Yeah. Because um, Michelle Wolf is another person who's doing this. But, mm-hmm. um, and Samantha B. Samantha, oh, yeah, Samantha B. She's also, she, Samantha B. said Trump can't read. And when she said that, it kind of stuck in my mind. And I truly believe that this nigga cannot read. It's not, it's, <laughs> he, and even the, the writer of uh, Let's Art of the Deal said Trump cannot read. <laughs> so, sad. yeah. But um, once we ignite, like once we get them to acknowledge the thing, then we could build from there. But we have to stop playing their game. But it has to be more than acknowledgement, Keith. It has to be acknowledgement with the and, I, with the plan to uh-huh. change. Because you could just, like I said, you can just say, I am this, but, and I acknowledge that. But the that. hardest part is acknowledgement. That's where people do not want to take their L's. No. No one wants to take that people, L. Some people acknowledge that they're racist and don't give a fuck about how you feel about it. Some people are like, I'm racist, and there's nothing you can do about it. No, no, it. there's... That and that's why. But I you have these people who say that I don't know that I'm racist, and this is the idea. Like the things that you're showing me, it's like I can then, uh, like what you're saying, mm-hmm. I could accept the fact that these things are racist, and then I could try to change. These are the people who we're talking to. Mm-hmm. This is this exit strategy is for you. If you've ever found yourself in a situation, you say, you know what, I was wrong, but this is what I wanted to get right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you feel? <sighs> I, I'll talk about this. Uh, in in comedy, we've we. What's bombarded uh, our material has been the Me Too movement. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's talking about Trump. So while you're going through this material, you're peeling layers back. Mm-hmm. You're feeling upset that you may be racist. You may have done things to women. You may have not have been a good person. You may have done these shitty things. And you're peeling these layers back. And as I was peeling all these layers back about, all right, I'm, I identify as this. I do this. I do this. I've done this. You feel layers of guilt, and mm. you don't want to move from that point because it sucks to be vulnerable. Okay. And that's where people. I I know that's where people get stuck, because when I challenge people, I I I'm a contrarian, so I always challenge what what people put on the table, and I know the points that they don't want to get to. I know what needs to be said, but no one will ever say it. Yeah. And. That's because there, that there's that level of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I live in this world. It's like no one will ever admit that I'm right because I'm an asshole, mm-hmm. and no one wants me to be right, even though I know I'm right, right. most of the time. It's like mm, <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't say most. Of most the of the time, it's I'm like, right. Many, I got Many is always safer than most. You're 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 right many times. Fifty one percent of not the time. Not fifty one percent, Keith. Which not, is more than not, half. Not 51. Which is most. I'm gonna give you a very smooth thirty four percent. Thirty four percent. That's solid. I'll, I'll tell Take thirty four percent because that makes in baseball that would make me an excellent. We're not talking hitter. about baseball. We're talking about because <laughs> we're, we're talking about on a scale. <laughs> we're using one hundred as the best. You're at thirty four. That's that's a great batting average. Okay. Uh, shooting thirty thirty percent. Talk about batting though. Uh, that's a good shooting average. Basketball, whatever. But um, I think pe- people like Charlemagne have peeled back these layers, and not that they need to be put on a pedestal because it's kind of yeah. anti-women to do that, but that's what women should want. Yeah, It's like sh- these yeah. guys, every guy, I, I was talking to one girl, um, she's like, if I drop my list, she's just a regular girl, it'd be like 20 fucking guys. Mm-hmm. Nearly every guy that I slept with has done something wrong that wasn't okay with me. 
And if I expose those people, then the whole world will just, you know. Be in fire, yeah. Yeah, and if every woman did that, everyone would get in trouble. So guys like Charlemagne who acknowledge, like, all right, this is where I went wrong, should be held to a, a standard where, yeah, you should be able to talk, get to the next level because we need guys like that. I guess it does show, like, the growth in a person like Charlemagne who can say, well, you know what, I came from this particular era mm-hmm. and now that I have grown since that era I've recognized the era in my ways mm-hmm. and um, I am no longer participating in those such activities right and I think that that's what like we said that's what the exit strategy is always acknowledge when you're wrong and always figure out how to get on the right side of wrong right so at the end of the day Charlemagne was vulnerable enough mm-hmm. to admit that some of the things that he's done, was incorrect, and he's gone as far as talking about them openly, whether on the podcast or on the show. Or in his people, book. Uh-huh. In the book, when people shoot back at him, he'll say, hey. I did a, that. Da, 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 yeah, da. that's true. I've Even when him. he talks about um, when he was running from um, those people who was about to, be, you know, right. they, he was like, look, I didn't know these people. Yes, I ran. Right. I don't know who, what they could have done to me, and I think that that's, that was a way of him to, like, Really take away all that hyper-masculinity to say, yes. oh, I'm not a bitch because I ran. I was smart because I ran. Right. And I would do it again. And it's, again, acknowledging those things. So, yeah, I mean, and we ain't trying to say salute Charlemagne for doing fucked up shit in the past. We are, saluting, we are saluting the fact that he can acknowledge the fact that he was wrong and that he has since then... Acknowledged, gotten better, and... And became yeah. a different person. Right. And I think that these... Uh, Not a different person, a better person, because <laughs> okay. I have a friend who just becomes a different person and never <laughs> acknowledges the L's, and I'm like, nigga, you got to acknowledge these L's that you, you can't took. can't just be like, oh, that, that ain't I, me no more. Yeah, and I'm like, no. <laughs> Stop doing that. That's and he'll so do funny. that every fucking three to six months. He's like, I'm this new person. I and think I'm I like, know who you're talking about. <laughs> and I'm like, Stop, bro. Just we take, don't want no new yous. You want yeah, a better I you. I want a better you. Yeah. And me and him disagree all the time on that ideology, but it's because it's vulnerable. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, I I had to take these L's and just become vulnerable and, like, change who I was and realize that didn't work. You yeah, got to yeah, be yeah. you and peel back them layers. Yeah. And it sucks. You know, I'm in a different position because, you know, comedy, you have to do that. But yeah. A normal person goes to work, could wake up, and you don't have to do that. You, you don't go, have to hold yourself accountable because you're stuck in this system. Right. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I I think Charlemagne should, if we had to give Charlemagne an exit strategy. It's not him, though. It's everybody like Charlemagne. Like, it's anybody who feels complicit in some wrongdoing who wants to get on the right side. Yes, but Charlemagne is at a point now where... Him acknowledging the thing, him doing the right thing is now circling back to affect him from getting to the next level. Well, I think that Charlemagne will become the poster child for these people and how we want yes. them to do. We want you to be more like Charlemagne yeah. and acknowledge you're wrong when you're wrong. Right. So, yeah. uh, is acknowledge it, get, well, be vulnerable. Enough. The first thing, yeah. be vulnerable enough to acknowledge your thing, acknowledge the thing, get better from that. And then uh, keep building in the right direction. Yeah, and, and, and advocate. And advocate. For doing the right thing. Right. Yeah. And, you know, Charlemagne's interesting because he he's from the black community. And he's pointed out there's a lot of things in our community that aren't healthy. Right. Mental illness, uh, our toxic masculinity approach, our uh, sexual approach to things, our homophobia. So 
we have layers that the white community is now seeing mm-hmm. from work, you know, from them working with us. And they're like, hey, you're not allowed to do that. And it's like, bro, that's our culture. Yeah. So you're going to have white people have to understand that our culture is still in some aspects antiquated. It's old. So we have to yeah. adapt as a culture. And then, you know, white people have their problems as well. And then, you know, eventually it'll move forward. People going to hate me when I say this, but it's like a white student from a PWI going to an HBCU mm-hmm. and realizing, like, what the fuck are y'all doing here? Like, why is this shit so antiquated? Yeah. Well, I have to walk from this building to this building to this building to this building just to get one check. Right. Or whatever. So I can see that. People, yeah. People are stuck in our ways in a, in a lot of ways because this is how we've always done things. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make it necessarily bad. It's just that we do how we do. Right. And it's been working so far. Mm. Right. (laughs) From working in comedy, from working with black producers versus white producers, I realized black producers make you trust their word from the get go. Like they say something's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I trust it. But I've also been in the situation where I've been fucked by trusting somebody and being like, yeah, you said this is your word and your word doesn't mean anything to you. But I have to trust your word. So on the front end. There's, like, black people give you the word, and then they don't say shit, whereas white people will say, here's my word, here's contracts, because white people don't trust each other. (laughs) Here's contracts, here's everything I said in writing, blah, 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 blah. But on the back end, I feel like black people give you the heads up, like, hey, this shit's not going well, I'm just going to give you a heads up. But whereas... You would hope they do. They Yeah. Um, But you could feel when it's going wrong. Yeah. And then white people, it's it's almost like the Titanic effect where they're playing the violins as the <laughs> ship is sinking. I'm like, why are you acting like everything is normal? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> you should have said something a long time ago, but you're just pretending that it's not. Yeah. So I feel like black people are more honest on the back end of things than white people. Where you're, so it's almost reversed. And once you, yeah. Once, you, but it's the same amount of flaw. So once we acknowledge. That the front is front end is the Just same as the flawed, back end, yeah, yeah, and then we could fix it from there. So, um, yeah, I don't know if we have any white people listening, but it is like <laughs> you see how Todd. <laughs> we got one white person listening so far. It's uh, white, white Todd. Todd. <laughs> we got white Todd and black Todd in the building today. Uh, but I'm I, sure Riley listens too. Shout out to Riley. Yeah, can be with us. Riley today. listens, uh, but. Cause I got in a, I got in an argument with my roommate because he was using he was he said he's white say that our, my <laughs> white roommate um, got caught uh, again he's a co- comedian but he got caught saying nigga via text just mm. using saying nigga with a Chinese person not even a- <sighs> so a Chinese person that understands the very surface level of our culture because he's from China he's not like yeah he's Chinese so he he just knows like oh black people are cool they say these things if i want to be cool i have to say i gotta say these things so he was saying nigga along with this chinese guy and i was like bro you cannot do this you gotta chill and so uh what happened was i got to a point where i was like nigga this is why Mm -hmm. you are this person (laughs) and you have been benefiting from this and this perpetuates this state and as soon as I started touching that point, that's where I saw the defensiveness come in. So when are you moving out? He's not. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be too mad then. No. I mean, I really, would, when 
when we get mad at white people for saying nigga, it's a f- like you're making us do an extra thing. I don't want to yeah, get mad. Want, yeah, yeah, you're making us do this because yes. we can't let it slide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. our <laughs> duty. Yeah, it is <laughs> to not let it slide. It's like it's like a a dude uh, like saying inappropriate things to women. It's like, yo, you are making me be responsible for when you. You yeah. should be responsible yeah. by yourself and take self accountability, but you don't. Yeah. So true. you know now we're in this peculiar situation. Man. So be vulnerable. Acknowledge it. Get better. Keep it moving. Absolutely. That's the exit strategy for this week. Now we about to let you know who got the juice. Who got the juice this week, Todd? This week, Sandra O got the juice. Sandra O got the juice because she has made Emmy history by becoming the first Asian actress to be nominated for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series. Nice. She has... uh, Worked on Killing Eve, and she's been killing it. You may remember Sandra Oh as Christina Yang on Grey's Anatomy. She's also been uh, nominated for Outstanding Supporting Actress in the Drama Series from 2005 to 2009. That's 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008, and 2009. She sounds like the Patriots. Well, she's been nominated, but she's been slighted. So this this particular um, nomination uh, makes her, you know, the first Asian uh, lead. And that's awesome. Um, but I also think that um, she's going to have to share this juice <laughs> a little bit because black nominees also made history uh, this year. A lot. Um, there was a record number of black actors, 29 in fact, who were nominated uh, for Emmys this year, shattering shattering 2007's record of only 19. So um, congrats, guys. We hope that you all win, which you all can't possibly win because some no. of y'all are nominated in the same category. But... You know, support each other nonetheless. And like Issa Rae said, we root for everybody black. And this year we're going to include Sandra O. Oh. So we root for you, Sandra, and we root for all the other black people. Hey, Cat I, Williams. I feel I, I'm surprised. That and was I, my favorite episode. That was of my Atlanta. favorite episode too. And I'm I'm so happy that Cat Williams is being taken seriously as an actor. He got an Emmy nomination for yeah. one episode. I loved. I loved. He was a perfect person uh, when he handed him the gun, <laughs> or. Donald said something to him. And he looked at he looked up at Donald, and he's like, "Donald said, I'm sorry, I had to. I, I said it that way, but it's the truth, and I don't feel any different." And he he kind of like shook it, nodded his head, and like kept it moving. He, it, it, I don't know. That moment touched me for some reason. It's just like I know guys like that. I know people like that because he acknowledged his complicity right, in the wrong and, behavior and was able to accept that in the moment, even though he didn't verbalize it. He was able mm-hmm. to accept the you know, condemnation from Donald right. Glover's character and say, you know what, you right, and I'm not going to respond and let you know that, you know, whatever, whatever. Right. Protest. And that gun was an intricate piece in the finale. I don't know if you yeah, saw the yeah, finale. Yeah, yeah. Should we talk about the finale? I thought I liked what Paperboy did because I felt like this is, Atlanta is the story of the plight of a real nigga. Yeah, I think so. And, and again, it, like what he did was, like, I know what you did. Yeah. And... I feel like you had to do what you had to do. You yeah. know what I'm saying? What, and he, what he said to Donald was really, he was like, I need people around me to keep me grounded while I'm moving in this direction. Mm-hmm. And I uh, and that is important. You know, Paperboy has been realizing that he needs to li- leave his situation because it's not beneficial to him. Or he, he's become, um, he's outgrown it. Like he's outgrown the whole it. season... Paperboy was taking L's. 
Yeah. Wait, we giving we giving the juice to Atlanta? I think we giving <laughs> the juice to Atlanta. Yeah. We it, can't it, give everybody the juice. We only got a few. Uh, Cat, few. I think Cat Williams held it down, and yeah. and for somebody who moves at such a volatile like, <laughs> man, I don't think Cat Williams is fun to move around. Like, but he he just got to stay out of his way. Yeah. But he killed that fucking role, and I thought it was great. So, yeah, juice of the week to him. So the juice goes to Sandra O. Oh. Sandra O. We're going to give two ounces of the juice to Cat Williams. A little, so she gets most of the juice, and then we'll give him a shot of yeah, the juice. Yeah, we'll give him a shot of the yeah. juice. Congratulations, nonetheless. We don't want to take anything away from your accomplishments. We salute you all. And um, the exit strategy gives you the juice this week, Sandra O. Oh, congratulations. Yes, congratulations. Uh, may you continue to juice on. <laughs> What are we uh, putting people on today? What you got? Man, um, I think there was a book that I saw. First of all, let me start what? by saying this. You read Keith? Yes, <laughs> sometimes. I listen to audiobooks, which I feel like is cheating, so I feel a little guilty when I finish <laughs> a book. <laughs> audiobooks is cheating. Uh, but I've been listening. My favorite song from Kamashi, Kamasi Washington is Desire. I bump that every day. It's I a, told y'all. I try to put y'all on. Look, if you ain't known it, get on it. I got put on by Kamazi, uh, by Todd for Kamazi Washington, and it's led to me having like this perfect playlist. That, get um, on it. But here's here's what I'll do. This book helped me, uh, in my opinion, get to the next level. It's a it's an old book that we've all known, but it's also a new book. How to Win Friends and Influence People. I'm playing it right now, and I shouldn't be playing it. You shouldn't. So it's Dale <laughs> Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People in the Digital Age. So it talks about like getting people to acknowledge those L's mm-hmm. in a very professional way. Um and I think something they said, they said two things that kind of touched me. People don't want to admit that they're wrong. So you could never say wrong or you could never say those words because they'll immediately deflect. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, how can you, what got you here won't get you there. They talk about those two things. So what got you here won't get you there, meaning the same, what you brought to the table that got you to this place You'll have to be better and have to do more and have to add more weight, basically, to your to your lifestyle in order to get to the next level. So it's going to be difficult. It's going to be diff- uh, hard, but you will get there once you start doing more things. So what's the name of the book again? Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People in the Digital Age. So talk it it sprinkles in. Uh, it's like an old book, but they sprinkle in some like new age ideas that have altered the world, including social media and things of that nature. So uh, I thought that was a dope book. I just finished it. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, and everything that, all the lessons that I've been trying to learn, like how to talk to people, I'm not good at talking to people. I always make people like, I like to take L's and like push people's face in them, like almost like a dog, <laughs> like, this is your L, <laughs> you piece of shit. And I'm learning like, oh, you're not supposed to do that. They're not going to respond to that. Yeah. They're not dogs. Yeah, and um, I've I've been like questioning like how to get to this next level, and that book has been good. That's up, man. So y'all go check out the book. Keith put you on this week, and um, we hope that you could learn the same lesson that he's learning in a way that will have you write us 
and let us know how you feel about it. Yeah, man, we had a lot of correspondence this week. Uh, we got one last night. I don't know if you saw that. What happened? I am Danny 2.0. Oh, yeah. Danny, Shout yeah. out to Danny 2.0. Uh, loves the podcast. I saw her uh, tag us in like some random posters. Like, what podcast should I listen to next? The Extractor. So she's been promoting. Shout out to her. Shout out to you, Danny. Um, appreciate you so much. We had this this review. I don't know who wrote it, but they said, uh, love the podcast. I hate agreeing with Keith. Because he's such a contrarian, but sometimes he's right. And I was like, oh, man, people are seeing, you know. Sometimes, that 34%. I think she said most of the time. I don't know, Keith. I, <laughs> I agree with him a lot. I, I don't remember what she said. But then uh, yesterday we had a, a guy named Adil. Uh, um, he was like, yo, the latest one is so dope, Todd and Keith. I love this so much. Learned a whole whole lot. Laughed hysterically at the oh, Tupac. Oh, Adil. Adil, yeah, <laughs> Adil. yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so he's been listening, man. Thank you for listening. Shout Thank you, you for Adil. writing in. Um, then keep writing in. Uh, if you have any problems, we'll try to uh, get you up out of it, you yeah. know, and fix them for you. So. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and I hope you continue to listen. Yeah, we really appreciate the input that we have, guys. We want y'all to uh, feel like you can contact us anyway. Um, you can email us at theexitstrategypodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at theexitstrategypodcast. We would love to engage with you. Uh, make sure that you like and subscribe and write any kind of reviews on um, iTunes. Rate us at number five. And, um... Thanks for coming along with us. We really appreciate y'all. Until next week, y'all be easy. And if you have any issues you need help getting out of, make sure you come to us for the exit strategy. Peace out, y'all. Peace.